he charged me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Fellow patriots, and welcome back to another episode of Allegedly Bravo. I'm Cash. And I'm Lauren. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, you guys. It's the weekend. I'm feeling refreshed. I'm renewed. Oh, just ready to talk about it and mention it all. I feel like you. I feel like saying, um, well, you know, we're it's Saturday and we're gonna talk about the housewives. So I'm having a great day. I feel like that's your little <laughs> catchphrase. <laughs> I love and that's it. How I feel. There's nothing better. And I don't know if that just speaks volumes to how boring my life is. No, I think it speaks volumes as to your character, what you find interesting <laughs> and really your just deep Renaissance appreciation for the arts. Exactly. That's well, what I think it means. How are you doing? How's it going? What's new? So good. You know, um, I think I'm fully recovered from the shingles. Um, I had a birthday. I also went to a crazy Taylor Swift dance party. Um, and I still haven't gotten COVID. So I'm doing great. How are you doing? You're thriving. I'm thriving. I've never had it. I don't think I'll ever get it. You know, I did hear that cannabis keeps the COVID away. A canny a day keeps the COVID away. And so to that, I say, smoke out. I've, I've, I fixed it. I've solved everything. Everyone come over and partake. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> How are you? Did we already talk about it? I can't remember. Honestly, I'm great. <laughs> you know, work, work's been wild. I have to work after this. So oh, yeah. I'm just really trying to live in this moment. So I don't have to go back to work, but moment by moment. Yeah. Just a busy little week. I can't believe we're approaching February. It's nuts. I'm so scared. I'm so scared for February. It's going to fly by. Well, Um, why are we scared for for February? Because I'm going to take the bar again because I just can't learn my lesson. So but this time you're taking the Minnesota. Yeah, I'm from Minnesota now. So I'm going to take the Minnesota bar and I don't know if they're going to make me do it in an accent, but I'll try. (laughs) Is it online or do you have to go in person? In person. So, you have to, that's wild. Uh, and that's the other thing is like, okay, so at this point, I've taken a lot of bar exams and I've taken them in person and I've taken them remote. I've mm-hmm. never taken one with a mask on and I'm not looking forward to taking an exam with the mask on. Yeah. I, I don't know. We- I don't know. It's just like, I, it's going to be a distraction and I already know, but whatever, I'll do it because we have to do it, but I just know I'm going to break out. So anyway, um, (laughs) so when is the exam? The last two days of February. Okay. And how are we feeling? You know, we're just like ready to pass this time and start making a salary because (laughs) she's over it. (laughs) I was not born to be unemployed. I'll tell you that. Well, we're so everyone's so excited for you. You're going to do great. Thanks. And then we're going to have a freaking party when you pass. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we are an engagement party and a bar passing celebration. Yes. Why not do it all at one time? Exactly. Um, Do you want to let the Patriots know why we're here today? What are we talking about? We're going to be talking about the White House party crashers. I'm so excited. We have been people have been asking for this. So here you go. And I know we've been talking about it for a while, like, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then we keep not doing it. But here we are. We're doing it. It's so funny. It is so funny. But before we get started, quick shout out to our VIP patrons um, over at patreon.com slash allegedly bravo. Our VIP patrons are CK at classic sky tops, Mr. or Mrs. Smith and Wendy Beth. Thank you so much for your support. And you guys helped get some documents for this today. So thank you. We love our patrons. We love our patrons. And just to tell you, everyone who is not subscribed or a patron member, I highly recommend it. There are different levels and different tiers that you can um, subscribe to. And we Mm -hmm. have been doing deep dives into Salt Lake City and we've had a lot of opinions and we actually just released our most recent one about the Jenny Wynn of it all. Mm -hmm our thoughts and opinions on it. We talk about cancel culture. We talk about Bravo's role in it. Mm -hmm. We talk about the other ladies. And so I would highly, highly recommend if you're not a patron to go over there 
and subscribe now so you can get access to that. I loved that. I mean, that was so unfiltered and so raw. And I feel like we really talked about things that were like, they're hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. And and I feel like we tried to be very objective, but then, and look at things from an outside perspective. And we looked at from all angles. Yeah. You know, so same conclusion though. Same conclusion. Not great. Racism is bad. Um, and not welcome here. So our White House party <gasps> crashers. So I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the White House party crashers were really the gate opener for all mm. of our criminal behavior on Bravo. Would you agree? I cannot I think of a sooner one. It was the first one that was documented or caught on camera mm-hmm. because in 2009, I think that's when the tra- tradition, oh my God, I can't talk to Traditions, traditions, that. Teresa Judice oh. of it all mm-hmm. was happening behind the scenes. But I think this was our first, this was our first incident on Housewives, I think that really took off in the press too. Yeah. And oh. created a worldwide conversation. This was beyond a worldwide. Yeah. This was a universal conversation that I think like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like foreign, a country, foreign officials, ambassadors to places know these people. Okay. So just, I mean, I bet there's some terrorists out there that were just like, how'd they get in? I need to know. Exactly. Let me get their agent. Let me get their agent. Stop. So, um, Andy Cohen actually said on watch what happens live regarding this whole incident. He goes, I really wanted to bring you know, Real Housewives of DC back for season two, said Andy Cohen. It really picked up half the season, but the Salehis really tanked the show. When the FBI is asking for raw tapes of your show, good thing to maybe not move forward. My, how the times have changed. Yes. So I have a thought on that comment. Yeah. The Salehis did not tank the show. They were the most interesting part of the show. That that cast was so poor. They were so boring. You mean poor mean, financially? No, I don't need poor oh. financially. I'm sorry. They were, it was just a poor casting decision. They were so boring. They all, nobody was willing to let loose because of the positions that they're all of their husbands or they held in DC. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't want to be perceived a certain way. Whereas the Salehis were ready to go and they were literally really willing to risk it all. They were really to, they were willing to risk it all. And And really they put that whole entire franchise. I never saw one single episode, but I can tell you that they put that franchise on their back and they said, let's go. And it's the only reason why people still talk about DC. Had this incident not happened, it would be. Nobody would care. One of the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes Bravo had ever, I guess, produced. Yeah. That's because a, it was that's really bold of you to say. But it was so bad. I mean, yeah. it was so so bad. And I've never not watched a Housewives franchise. Like I've watched and not been interested. Like I watched Jersey. I just couldn't connect. Like every other. I think Jersey's really the only one I don't watch see, or I've didn't. Watched them all. And DC. I I never had any relationship with those women. Uh, okay, so. Let's move into it because you okay. guys, there's a lot. And so I'm going to start by talking about Mikhail, just give a little bit of background on their relationship, Mikhail mm-hmm. and Tarek. Mm-hmm. So Mikhail and Tarek Sully, they were a married couple met in Virginia and they were casted on the real housewives of DC. Thank you, Andy Cohen. And so the whole gist, I'm sure all of you guys are aware is that they attended this white house dinner. That was, um, it was state dinner that was organized for the Indian prime minister. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I don't want to incorrectly pronounce it. I want to try because I was practicing. I think it's Manohan. Manohan Manohan Singh. Singh. Uh And as we all know, as we all know, they were not invited. No, they weren't. They weren't on the list. Simply. They They were just straight up party crashers. Mm -hmm. The beginning part of the incident is actually caught on film when the housewife's crew is outside filming them and that she was getting ready on camera 
That's crazy. And I didn't, I didn't see any of that footage. Like I would love to see that. Oh my God. Grizz just shut the door. Why did he do that? Cause he's a psychopath. Oh my God. Um, but the <laughs> interesting tidbit is that they were not the only housewives crasher or sorry, only white house crashers. Right. There was somebody else that was there. I guess that was not aware of the Salis or Salis. I'm, I, I call them the Salehis, but I've also never the, met these people or seen this. The Salehis. Uh-huh. They were not aware, but this, so this was just like, oh, White House crashing party, really. It was like the one where everyone was like, hey, oh, the guy was named Carlos Allen. Carlos Allen crashed okay. the party. And he, Carlos didn't know the Salehis and the Salehis didn't know Carlos. They both went in completely blind, ready to meet this fucking prime minister. I mean, this just must have been a hop in party. I can't imagine I mean, how fun it was. O- President Obama was there. Yeah. The fact that they passed two security checkpoints. I can't believe that. Showed photo ID. We're not on the list. Not on the list. And you made a great comment. This was off the record that this is, let's we not forget, this is a post 9-11 world that yeah. we're living in. So I don't get how this I mean, happened. You can apparently sneak into the White House party, a state dinner, easier than you can get through TSA. I mean, an estate dinner has like everybody at it, you know, like it's a kind of famous affair. So Bravo filmed her getting ready. Yeah. Her whole glam, everything. And so did you watch it then? Yeah. Okay. What was it like there? I mean, of course I watched it when it first aired. I haven't gone back and rewatched it, but I remember it being awkward because I think it's caught on camera where they're trying to say that their names are on the list or showing ID and they're not. And then obviously we knew that this, cause it had, it had filmed before, mm-hmm. but the news release had come out that they had, they had tried, well, they had not just tried, but they had been successful in crashing it. They um, went through two lines two, of security. Yeah. But so I think what happens is as in any event where there's P not PR, but there's like a publicist or something Mm -hmm. that's working and a huge team, there's like different levels of entry. So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming the first person was, I don't know why this would be, but was not secret service Mm -hmm. and was just like, okay, fine. Cause they were being extremely persuasive. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, we know X, Y, and Z they're here. Oh, look, they just walked in. Please let us look, we know them. And maybe they saw somebody that they knew that walked mm-hmm. in front of them that recognized them. Or they're then, waving at someone. Hey, yes. John. Yeah. And I think they were very persuasive how they got through the second security. I don't know, but I'm just, it's crazy. It's so crazy. It's really is crazy. Well, I mean, too- I just can't get over the fact that this is the fucking white house. Like I know. Well, and there's so many levels of security. Like you said, there are snipers on the roof. Yeah. Like these are the secret service. Like they're listening. You mean to tell me that you can find me just based on me texting someone, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I just don't get it, but like, you cannot secure the white house. I don't get it. I know. Well, let's, let's do a deep dive. Let's talk about who Terry and Mikhail are. Okay. Okay. So Mikhail, which if I end up calling her Michelle, I am so sorry. I just, just never met her, you know? So I'm not used to Mikhail. I didn't even know that's how you said it until the end. So Mikhail grew up in Virginia and she went to college, Virginia. I wonder if she knew what's her nuts. Um, Tinsley Remember, She grew up in Virginia too. Oh, I didn't um, know Richmond. I had no idea it was a place until oh, I went there. Yeah. That's very, yeah. Um, So she went to college in Virginia, didn't graduate, which is totally fine. Like it's a hard thing. Then she worked as a front desk employee at a local radio station. She was an absolute vodka model in the nineties. I love that tidbit. I know me too. It's like, it's like when you find out that like someone, you know, was like a Red Bull girl and you're like, oh my God, that's so crazy. So she was an absolute vodka model. And then she worked as a makeup artist for Trish McEvoy, which I found interesting because I've had some of those products and they're pretty high end. And I had no idea that this woman was like 
a makeup artist. But was she? But was she? I don't know, because here's the deal. So apparently Mikhail is known about town as being like a bit of a liar. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a fucking liar, Camille, because she claims to have been a former Washington Redskins cheerleader. However, the Washington Redskins has publicly stated that she never worked for them, although she did perform with them once at a halftime event. Okay. I don't know what the Washington Redskins are. Is this like baseball? Football. Football. Okay. They are now just called Washington, though, because we have done away with the term Redskins. Oh, okay. Good. Because that does seem very, very, very wrong to say. But. Okay, so they're just the Washington team. So this is football. So she did perform with them during the halftime game, but she was never a Washington cheerleader. Um, is this Washington, D.C. or Washington State? Washington State, I believe. Oh. I don't know, huh. actually. Yeah, me neither. I, I don't know anything about sports. I would assume the state of Washington because there is a large Native American population there, but. Huh. Yeah, I guess we. I could have sports, I could have, man. You know, you know, it, it's one Google search away that I just refuse just don't to care do. enough. Yeah, no, we'll no. figure it out one day, maybe, or we won't. Um, she also claimed to be a former Miss USA, but she there's no record of her. Okay, I have a question for you. Okay, why do people lie about things that can then be proven? And I don't under like something so verifiable, verifiable of Miss USA. Or Redskins cheerleader. Like I can Google a roster. Like I can call the Washington team up and, and say, be like, hey, send me your list of cheerleaders from 1996 to present. You could even just Google it. And I'm sure it would be less yeah, it's probably online. for you to get. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was actually talking about this with my boyfriend. Like we were talking about catfishing and how it's like so weird that people like post pictures on their dating profile or whatever, like totally looking like 15 years younger, whatever. And then you go meet them and you're like, what the fuck? And it's like, why would you lie about like your face? Was it you that went on a date with someone way back and they were much larger? They were a completely different person. That was like the story that I brought up is like, I, the person that I was looking for and the person that was on the date were not the same person. (laughs) And I literally called that man and said, I am at this restaurant. There are only four people here and I just don't see you like, and then he kissed me. Oh yeah. Very bold move. You know, you got to shoot your shot. I'll never forget. I went on a date with this guy and we were just talking about how dating profiles suck and how you can get catfished and how people don't represent themselves to be who truly who they are. And he said, one time we went on a date and this girl was like super cute, petite. And then she walked in and was probably about 115 pounds bigger, which nothing wrong with being a thicky or we're thickies. So, but he's like, it was so awkward because she was just ordering so much food. Oh, and he's like, I wasn't interested in her at all, but I just, I, I was, I was laughing at the fact that she wasn't, she was there for the meal. You know? Oh yeah. And that's like a girl after my own heart. Yeah. And it's like, I feel bad for you. Yeah. The date wasn't great, but like, good for her. Good for her. Like good for her. But also it's like, the I know point, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. And it's like, after you do that, like after you show up, not being the person from the screen, it's like, now I don't even want to get to know you. But then and it has no nothing shame. to do with what you look like. It has it's everything a, to do with the fact that you're a you lied. liar. Yeah. Well, it's body, just dis- major body dysmorphia, major, but, but anyways, not neither here nor there, but neither here nor there. Segues. And we're diagnosing now people that nobody has even seen before. No. So that's fine. <laughs> and telling stories that I don't think anyone cares. about. Nobody asked. <laughs> unhinged, unhinged, unhinged podcast yeah today. sorry <laughs> okay so mikhail and Tarek met in 2000 the year 2000 at what is absolutely shocking a shocking. baby shower a baby a shower. baby shower i didn't even Who, know guys went i didn't know that was a place that you could meet men me neither and now i'm like looking back on all the baby showers and I don't even think I ever saw one man at any baby shower just at the end when like the husband comes in at the end. Oh, Hey, brought you flowers. Like trying to show off that they're like a nice guy, you know, I don't know. 
Well, um, now we're moving into how they got married because I think this sets the tone for their marriage and their escapades. I agree. They were married in 2003 and there was a guest list that included 1,836 guests. Some of the guests included Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy and U.S. Ambassador to Ireland Margaret Heckler. So there are obvious ties to D.C., right? right? I mean, very obviously, like you have a Supreme Court justice sitting and watching you do something. But I feel feel like these these invitations were probably related to somebody's dad or mom. They have connections. It has to be. And there's a desperate need to feel included in this group. So. We'll be back after a quick break. Finding Ruby is the incredible true story of a 16-year-old tricked by a seemingly innocent Facebook message. A message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den. Her first message to me was like, Hi, are you looking for a job? Ruby is hidden from the world, from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life. It's their fight, too. Search for Finding Ruby today. I want to know how a makeup artist, and we haven't gotten to Tarek yet, but a winery worker. A vintner. A vintner. How they got in into a any sort of relationship with a Supreme court justice. I, think I just it's, don't know. I think it's family ties. So, yeah. So Tarek Salahi was a Vinter wine owner, travel expert, TV personality. He also mm-hmm. grew up in Virginia. Mm-hmm. He went to, which is really interesting, went to UC Davis and got a degree in winemaking uh-huh. and win business management. And for those that don't know, UC Davis is here in Northern California and it's mm-hmm. like a farm town. Yeah, so, exactly. It's like if you go there, you are learning about agriculture, agriculture or dairy wine industry, wine industry. Like you're doing some major shit. But fun fact, they also have a very, very um, big veterinarian school as well in science. Oh, so interesting. But, I didn't know yeah. that. So anyways, so Tarek and his father, they end up owning this like award-winning wine mm-hmm. they're selling fifteen thousand cases per year um i think it's called oasis vineyard mm-hmm. and then Tarek branches off creates oasis enterprises he's just like on this entrepreneurial path right mm-hmm. it engages with like wine country tours wine tourism catering events i'm assuming it's here in the in the in napa valley yeah so that's not that's just some fun background, right? Do you want to get into his yeah, so fallacious past? Yeah. So actually his mom sued him <gasps> for starting um, that Oasis Enterprises because Oasis Vineyard, the dad's winery, and Oasis Enterprises, Tarek's touring place, were just like not related. And so the mom, after the dad died, Salehi's mom was like, yo, like you're misappropriating the assets from this oasis to that oasis and you're misdirecting funds from the winery to the enterprises. And so I'm going to sue you. We all know you can't misappropriate funds. You can't misappropriate funds. You guys, it will just, just again, do it again. Another thing that can so easily be verified. Right. And traced. Beyond easily verified. Like you guys, money has literal numbers on it. Like, come on, you can trace this shit. So anyway, the lawsuit ended up being dropped and no resolution was ever found. So unclear on to how they ended up working that out. I'm assuming it was just a family thing that they ended up working out, you know? Um, so Oasis Vineyard filed for bankruptcy in 2008, actually. And Oasis Enterprises filed for bankruptcy a year later. And then the dad died. Shocker. Well, not Shocker. about the dad dying, but no, not about the dad dying, but the, the, but the right. The BK thing. Yeah. Um, so there was that. So they're married during this time, Mikhail and Tarek. 
are and married. So she's working for the wineries, right? So Michaela, yeah. it's a family operation at this it's point. It's a family operation. She's working for mainly for Oasis Enterprises. But as we know, that kind of commingles, you know? Yeah. Well, so then she, she was sued, right? Privately uh-huh. or what was. So she ended up being sued by two different kinds of, I don't know if they were people or businesses, but basically for that, she booked them on wine tours that never got delivered. No one ever went on these wine tours. Um, and in 2012, the attorney general of Virginia, uh, filed lawsuits against Mikhail for violating the Virginia consumer for protection act for not even refunding the money for the canceled tours and all of that. So they're Again, just like, just like, like levels of deception. It is. This is like the aperitif to fire fest. Yeah. It's just a snowball effect. It really yeah. is true that people start off with small. Criminal right. act, alleged criminal activity, fraudulent behavior. You get away with a little. It becomes just a bigger and bigger and bigger enterprise. And it literally takes over their lives. Uh, completely. And to the point where like you, you don't, nobody needs to have the attorney general knowing what you're doing. That's just stop no. doing things to make other people know what you're doing. As I say yeah. on a podcast, going to the whole world. I don't know. <laughs> well, so they've got these deceptive vibes yeah. going on in the early stage of the mm-hmm. relationship. And the, this was just the beginning Mm-hmm. This was the beginning of this wasn't a the long first road ahead. Breach. Yeah, no. exactly. So they've had several incidences of crashing parties. So in uh-huh. 2005, President Barack Obama, who was a senator at the time, mm-hmm. posed for a photo with both of them at and the Black Eyed Peas for the Rock the Vote Awards dinner. Right? Yeah. Do we know where they did they sneak into that or were they invited? So it seems to me like they were not invited and that they ended up at the Rock the Vote awards dinner and just started taking pictures with everyone, like the Black Eyed Peas. I mean, it tracks. It It tracks. tracks. Okay. So then it's September 26, 2009, at a dinner for Congressional Black Caucus, the couple again crashed a party, took photos with representatives. Chuck Rangel, Star Jones, and again, security asked them to leave. Right. So this is like now in four years, you're crashing. And these are just like the major things. Like this is award shows and yeah. How many weddings do you think they've crashed? Oh my God. You know, wedding crashers was probably made after them, you know? Yeah. Uh, They're probably, yeah. And crashing elite weddings. So yeah. And then in December 2000, or sorry, December 2nd, 2009, while on the Today Show, they claimed that the Gardner Law Group had given them tickets to that event uh, in reference to the Black Caucus event. Uh However, the caucus spokeswoman refuted that claim. Yeah. So it's like verifiable, verifiable. It's like at some point you're just like, is it a kink to get caught for you? Like what is going on? That's actually a really good point. But there's such a level of desperation to feel accepted and be a part of this, this political. But then group. go run for something. That's what I I'm mean, saying. at this like, point, you're just like canceling wine tours. It's weird. Being losers. It's weird. It doesn't seem like I cannot find the connection between these people and, and these people. Like, I just can't. Do you think that they're just associate themselves with a group of friends that are invited to these events and they're not getting the invitations? So they are just having to, but there's again, a desperate need to be a part of it. So they're just crashing, crashing, crashing. This is a thought that I just had right the second. I kind of wonder if like, okay, so this seems to be like 2000 something. This is like in the beginning of like the revolution of, um, the reality TV life. So we have the simple life at this time. I think housewives of orange County is just kind of starting. So I wonder if this was like their way of trying to get fame, like, because there was no reality show to try to get fame that they were like trying to get into magazines by being at these big parties, maybe. I, I, oh, sorry. I guess that's fair because they did go on the today show to address the rumors. Yeah. There could be a huge publicity push that's happening behind the scenes where 
they're doing this just to be a headline. Uh huh. That's possible. Yeah. So okay. I don't know. Let's move into the the big the, the big event. The meat and the potatoes. The meat and potatoes. <laughs> well, so. so November twenty fourth, two thousand nine, the fateful day where they attended the White House state dinner for Indian again, Indian Prime Minister Singh. And they were not invited. Not invited. Bravo's Bravo's filming at this time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cash got to see it all. Got to see it all. But there's an interesting tidbit that Lauren found. Mm -hmm. So there was a man named Tim Burke, who was the director of a reality show called the MTV Blaggers. I think it was a gate crashing show. Mm -hmm. So supposedly Tarek had contacted this person Tim uh-huh. Burke, uh, probably what a week before the White mm-hmm. House event, uh-huh. and asked him, asked Mr. Burke for advice on how to trick somebody or how to crash a black tie event. I mean, mens rea, am I right? Right. Like he totally intended to crash this fucking party. I mean, premeditated for sure. <laughs> What other words can we say that sound legal? <laughs> legal jargon. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, how desperate. So you're having to call somebody. I know. Who specializes. So what is gate crashing? So gate crashing is crashing parties you're not invited to. I guess it's mm. like party crashing, but it's like, you know, not just like a house party where like the doors open. It's like the kind where you're like getting into parties that have a list or have a ticket or like an event. We'll be back after a quick break. I'm Shannon Jimenez-Sassone, a former NYPD misconduct investigator, a podcaster, and a videographer. I'm Nat W. I've been a social worker for a hot minute. Working alongside the police left us with more doubt than encouragement. Uh, We've tried in our career fields to be doers, and it still feels impossible. Is it even possible to work alongside the police and not be part of the police state? Fixing it does start with having the conversations. It's everything that you should know about the police. It's going to be a hard conversation, but it's a hard topic. Not an Arc podcast premieres Tuesday, January 17th on all streaming platforms. And I will note, though, that Wedding Crashers, the movie, had come out in 2005. Ah. So, so maybe the MTV, that show, the Gate Crashers show, inspo? was kind of piggybacking off of this whole kind of obsession with wedding crashers the movie because i know a lot of people started crashing weddings after that came out Uh uh-huh and so it's so weird it is weird and it's just like i get it for a tv show like you want to make it fun it's like punked or like a prank show but to be doing this in your real life and at such important events i mean the white house like i just can't get over it (laughs) so weird well yeah so it's unclear regarding tim's response because while everyone else was wearing black and navy blue to the event the black tie event there was Uh a strict strict dress code Mm -hmm. he asked for literal advice on how to sneak in how to sneak in mikhail ended up this is like we've seen all these photos these iconic photos of her wearing a gold embroidered red sari Uh uh-huh so do you what are your thoughts on that? Um, wow. So you just wore the most, I mean, culturally appropriating. not only did you culturally appropriate an entire culture or did she, I don't know. Is she, is she Indian? No, no, no. She's oh, very, okay. Sorry. I don't know her. I just don't know her. She's very white and blonde hair. Okay. Skinny. So yes. So we'll go back to exactly what I was saying. Yes. She is. <laughs> beyond wild like how are you gonna how are you gonna show up to a black tie event in red delusion gonna stand out like a sore thumb it's like I guess maybe that was the trick like stand out like a sore thumb so the thing is though like she does say Mikhail does say that she allegedly called the White House staff just to make sure that wearing the red sari was appropriate Okay, and then these people who just let her in uninvited were like, yeah, that's appropriate. Well, and I don't think that those conversations happen because it says on the invitation, like red, um, you know, 
black tie traditional well traditional indian attire or black tie cocktail yeah. dresses yeah and so i don't and i don't know if the white house is like picking up your phone call to give you wardrobe advice right they're busy i think well then the best part about this is that she then donated that dress that she wore she auctioned yeah. it off for seven thousand dollars i mean at least she donated the money and didn't keep yeah. it but i want to know who was like i want that for seven thousand dollars i mean I, <laughs> if you had seven thousand to blow you'd buy that you know what i, mean, I would i would I want to I create a housewife museum. Yeah, that's true. Like, I can't lie. I would too. Like, we were definitely all involved in that uh, Tom Girardi, Girardi and Keith auction. <laughs> like, I wanted a lot of that stuff, but I just simply couldn't afford it. I mean, people were buying old calendars, panties, photographs. Like, if people are buying that, they're going to buy this red. Sorry, think, at least it was pretty. I think Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good has the underwear. Oh, God. <laughs> dead okay so another interesting factoid about this is that in preparation of going to this bench she's got full glam like getting her hair done getting her makeup done mind you she has no ticket no ticket but so she has told and perpetuated this lie to multiple people because at one point she ends up getting a three thousand dollar sorry a thirty thousand dollar necklace to borrow to wear to the event Mm -hmm. from david yearman i'm no expert but like I don't think people lend out jewelry just to anybody. Like you have to have some status, right? Yeah. Well, do you have to have some collateral? Because it's like, who's going to give you $30,000 worth of jewels? And also like, I don't know. It's just like to an event that you weren't invited to. This is just so much preparation (laughs) for an event that you don't even know you're going to get into. And then the fact that they had to ask for it back three times. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know about collateral because the only thing I've ever had to do is like give somebody my ID and then have to like rent, right. you know, rent like for bowling shoes. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, here's my ID. Which Hold really isn't, that is an inappropriate exchange, I think. The yeah, shoes are not worth way less than my identity. How dare 100%. they? 100%. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that David Yerman had to ask for the necklace three times back earth for three times to get it back. Not great. It's like, okay. Yeah. Charlize Not... Theron would never. So guess what? They're going to give it to her instead. Okay. So the biggest question, how the hell did they get inside? How'd they do it? So the Washington, according to the Washington post, they think it's because they looked the part, like yeah. they were dressed up. And again, it's kind of what we said earlier in the episode of where maybe they were walking in with a group of people that actually had tickets. And so Mm -hmm. it was more believable. Um, But according to the Washington post, they said that the Salahis were allowed inside in violation of agency policies by an officer outside the front gate, who apparently was persuaded by the couple's manner and insistence, as well as the pressure of keeping the lines moving on a rainy evening. So it was just this like combination of like the perfect storm, I guess. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of Oceans 13 um, and like all those Oceans movies where it's like, well, it's raining. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And they're like just sneaking in and everyone's like, how do they do it? And it really just makes those movies like less exciting. Like, why would I watch that for two hours when I could watch this for an hour? (laughs) You know, Um, but yeah. So then a reporter from the Washington Post recognized the Salehis (gasps) while they were there. Okay. Which I think is crazy. And the reporter's like the moment that they, that I saw them, I realized they were not on the list. I asked a white house staffer to verify their names and explain why they were not on the list. I told the same thing to another staffer a few minutes later. This was before the Salehis went through the receiving line with the president and they could have been quietly uh, questioned and pulled aside. Um, so yeah, it's... they just like didn't even care. Like people inside were like, oh, um, you know, these people shouldn't be here. X, Y, Z, like and everyone else is just like, huh? And then they say that the White House security said that they didn't even know that this entire breach happened until the Salehis posted their Facebook photos. <laughs> like, well, and I don't know how they're not how they weren't aware of it when that 
the reporter obviously put somebody on notice. Mm -hmm. And so there had to have been multiple levels of security, obviously the secret service, maybe there was private security that was hired. And again, there was like a PR team that was working the front gate as well. Who was going through the list. Like, Mm -hmm. but to me, that seems kind of negligent on behalf of the white house. When you have secret service that are being funded and paid for with our tax dollars, right. Politicians and everyone's safe because yes, this is all lighthearted and fun because it's a housewife, but like, to know that somebody of this, somebody got into an event like this, it's like, how easy is it now to do that? And well, it's clearly very easy. Like we, if, even if we see just, these are just Americans that we know breaching security, like look at January 6th, like maybe we should get a little training going on with security or like update your cameras or something. I don't get it. How can you find out something on Facebook when you should have like closed circuit cameras everywhere? (laughs) Well, and according to the Secret Service, they found emails between the couple and Michelle S. Jones, mm-hmm. who was the assistant to the Secretary of Defense of the Pentagon. Oh my God. Um, and basically this emails were like, you can't come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're not invited. Don't come. Don't come. So that means they made multiple attempts, one, to get the invitation. Mm-hmm. Then they continued to to ask and poke and prod on different levels, whether it was through the Pentagon, the White House, the Capitol, whoever, to see if they could get some type of invitation somehow. Mm -hmm. And it was just reinforced through an email of like, you are not welcome. But then to have the the ego to be like, we're still coming. We're still coming. And not only are we coming, we're coming in hot and we're going to take pictures and then we're going to post them and we're going to meet the president. I mean, that's just crazy. But then I'm like, okay, so then here we have them again, you know, the next day or a couple days later, it's like, here comes the news, all the morning shows being like, Hey, sit down and tell us about your thing. So then Matt Lauer, perv Matt Lauer was like, uh, were you invited to this party? Like what's going on? And Michelle says we were invited we were not crashers and there isn't anyone that would have the audacity or the poor behavior to do that. Everything we worked for, Matt, for me, 44 years, just destroyed by you walking into the white house uninvited, like (laughs) again, can be verified and then is verified because then they sat down with Marie Claire. Oh my God. (laughs) And they, once again, are adamant that Michelle Jones, the Pentagon liaison to the White House, had extended the invitation with an email requesting for the social security numbers, date of birth to be cleared for the event. And they even said that they had met with um, her through the attorney um, mm-hmm. when they spoke, I guess, at the D.C. Mall in September. But like we know, Michelle Jones comes out and says, hey, those emails, first of all, yes, they exist. I communicated uh-huh. with them, but I was adamant and they were not invited. I mean, it's just like, it's so crazy. I mean, there's such a level of desperation to be believed, but it's so quickly contradicted by actual facts and evidence, you know, by actual, actual, actual facts. Like, I don't know. Then she continues on by saying like, there are so many events that you've probably attended, Matt, Matt, Mr. (laughs) Pervert, you've probably attended plenty of events where there's no actual printed invitation. So she goes, I didn't go thinking I was chancing it. No one goes with a film crew to be turned away. How embarrassing would that have been? And we were announced. We believe in our hearts. We were 100% invited. Okay. Um, All the details about what happened that day, including phone calls, emails, and witnesses will be in a book we are writing called Wine, War, and Roses. And when the Bravo show airs this fall, the truth will prevail. I love it. Like this is what I wanted my housewife. I want exactly desperate, delusional, insane, mm-hmm. so unattached or detached from reality. So detached from reality. You know, of I course just... I want to protect like the safety of this country and our politicians and, you know, people that are truly, you know, Department of Defense and stuff don't want anyone to right, breach right, those right, walls. Right, right, right. But, you know, I do enjoy it for, for some right. viewer, like right. viewership. So. Yeah. Like, we don't want violence ever. No. But no. we do love the idea of crashing a White House event. 
you guys, this is so intense that they were asked to attend a hearing by the U.S. Homeland Security Committee to testify. I know. Initially, they refused, but then the U.S. House Homeland Security Committee said, oh, wait, we have this thing called a subpoena power. Uh (laughs) So they forced Mikhail and Tarek to both come. They both brought their attorneys. Uh Of course, they didn't divulge really much or anything. Mm -hmm. They pleaded the fifth. 32 times. 32 times. Yeah. The Indian, the security guard officials from India were fucking shook. Uh, Yeah. And they were like, if this happened in the Indian government buildings, heads would roll. Do you think they should have been arrested? Hmm. Oh, that's such a hard question because technically, and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the White House public property? No. Because like we own it or no? Like all of us together collectively, it's, isn't it yeah, our but house? It's still gated and private. I mean, it's, it's secured. Like you have to have an invitation to come in or you have to be invited in. Hmm. It's, yeah. it's open to the public for tours, but you have to like schedule it. And in this case, it was probably after hours for an event. Right, 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 right. right. I mean, it was a dinner for God's sakes. Um, I mean, that's yeah. like saying that that's like saying the Capitol's public property and what happened on January 6th was they were just walking in. <laughs> that's true. So I guess if it's like trespassing then yeah yeah it's trespassing then yeah and i would say let's get them yeah sit them down let's i want yes i do think they should have been arrested i've actually completely became firm on this because i think that if they were arrested it would have been and this is selfish it would have been so fun to watch like the depositions read the transcripts oh like God. find out all the parties that they've crashed hear like, how they did it i want to know i want to read the email from michelle at the pentagon yeah arrest like, them what a time to like really tune into c-span i mean that is literally when c-span isn't boring is when your housewife is sitting in a committee chair <sighs> and kamala harris is just like yelling Ripping and what's her, her face one. has a whiteboard the lady from Irvine. What's her name? Katie Porter. <laughs> well, do you think that they were on the no fly list? Um, yes, I do. Okay. <sighs> well, it sounds like really the only thing they've dealt with in terms of repercussions was backlash from the public. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarek was then asked to resign right from the Virginia tourism board, which made yeah. me LOL. Like what stupid. I know. <laughs> Um, and by the end of 2009, Washington post had assigned over 12 reporters to investigate them. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't really know what they're doing now. I don't either. I don't either, but I do know that they broke up and that in 2011, yeah, he filed a missing persons report for Michelle because, or Mikkel, see, I did it. Um, when actually she wasn't missing, she just ran off with some guy named Neil and she was totally having an affair on Tarek. So he's all, Oh my God, she's missing. And Mikhail's like, no, I'm not. I'm actually with Neil. And Neil then proposed to Mikhail with an 11.42 carat diamond. That's an odd number. I think probably they they either probably chipped off too much or couldn't chip off the rest. Maybe. I don't know. What an obnoxious ring to wear roundup. You know, if you're going to be that bad roundup. Um, and also if you wanted to be a part of that wedding, you were totally available to watch it for pay-per-view for 1495. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. I'm surprised that Mikhail never ended up on, I mean, maybe she did and we're just not aware of it, but didn't end up on like big brothers or celebrity, big brother, like, celebrity survive survivor island you know Do you think or we could get mikhail on the show a hundred percent maybe not after this but and maybe we should ask her and then air it yeah maybe we could do a follow-up to this yeah that'd be fun that's very call her daddy of us very like we could do an in-person interview and then do a skype interview later yeah. to just like rehash the questions that rehash maybe it. yeah so Awesome. You guys, that was so fun. It was refreshing to do something where, you know, somebody wasn't really prosecuted or died or. And really it was like awful, but we found a way to laugh. We did find a way to laugh. So before we wrap up, do you have any criminal behaviors? Oh my God. Yes. So many. 
so many. I don't even know where to start, but I'm going to start with this one. Don't fucking scream in public. Don't scream in public. Don't run in public. None of that. It's, it's triggering for a lot of people. (laughs) So that's my criminal behavior. If you're running in public, I hope you trip and fall. And if you're screaming, I hope you lose your voice. Don't you have another one? Yeah. It's, I, I can't remember if I said this or not. No, you haven't. That people are saying that they like tequila or like coming out with tequila brands. It's like fucking stop. Tequila isn't good. (laughs) It's gross. And George Clooney has no business making tequila. What would you rather have tequila sip on tequila or vodka? If you had to sip on it, I would never sip on tequila. I'd rather die. No, I'd sip on tequila. What's yours? So my criminal behavior this week is just, you know, waitresses that just touch the table a little bit too much. Like they come back and they ask, how you doing? Do you want me to, they don't read the room. Yeah. It's like, like, let me chew. Let me sit. Let me look at the menu. Let me Mm -hmm. order a cocktail, you know, maybe an app like, and it's just coming when a waitress comes back and it's a little too chatty. Mm -hmm. And also when they come back, when you're eating and they're asking you how the food is, it's like, right. If I had a complaint, I'd let you know. Right. It's like, I'd flag you down. Like, I'd flag you, you down. You're earning your tip. We will tip you. We appreciate you. Appreciate I'm you. in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. My water has never dropped below an inch. I'm good. Yes. That's just, the energy I want from a bottomless mimosa waitress. And that's it. Yes. But just if I'm out at a nice dinner, like I don't need you coming over and touching the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by touch, I mean, they just come over and they're talking. Yeah. They're yeah, yeah. 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 Not a physical touch, just a little bit too in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. No, not a me too touch, just a table touch. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. (sighs) Well, that was so fun. It feels good to be back. I feel refreshed. I feel renewed. I know me too. We'll have to think of next week's episode. Oh no, we have one. Our patrons asked for, um, Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Our patrons asked us for, uh, Kim Kim Richards. Richards, So that's what we're going to be doing. I love Kim. So I'm very excited. Okay, fine. I'll get into it, I guess. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.